if all real estate agents were created equally, then every agent would be able to get you top dollar when selling your home. But there's a big difference that exists between the traditional real estate agent and Tracy Cousineau's team of certified home selling advisors. Tracy Cousineau and her team can not only get you up to 18% more for your home, they have an entire team of 20 plus professionals all working for you. TracyCousineau.com. That's cousin with an E-A-U because you know she's going to sell your home. TracyCousineau.com. Hi, y'all. This is Shelby Broom from Athens. I've been listening to Cadillac Jack on the radio since 2009 when I started a one-hour commute to work every day. I needed some motivation to jumpstart my day, and I found it on Kicks. Cadillac Jack, Dallas, and Tug had such a genuine, funny camaraderie that I actually liked listening to their conversations more than the music. I arrived to work every day laughing and telling my co-workers, you won't believe what I heard on the radio this morning. Caddy often talked about his wife Donna, and I always wondered what she was like. Now, Caddy and Donna entertain me on the way to work every Tuesday and Thursday morning, and they are truly a five-star act. I'm so proud today to introduce you to today's episode of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a very loyal 26 years until July 2019. Welcome to My Second Act. And my name is Donna, and I'm Caddy's wife. And you know, we are not, um, we're not a news podcast, and um we try not to get political on our podcast um, because we know that there's a lot of heaviness in the world right now. And we try to give you kind of a break from that um, when you listen to us. But I will say, you know, my heart, I can't not say anything. My heart really aches for everything that's going on right now, kind of in the world, but especially for um, George Floyd and his family in Minneapolis. And um, unless you've been on a rock, you probably know that George was murdered by a policeman. And I want to say um, my cousin is a policeman. And we have a lot of friends who serve. And I do believe that you can support law enforcement and also condemn violence. It's not either or. You're not either for the police or against the police. You can, you know, support police work and support humanity. But what I want to say about this is I have or we have a beautiful, intelligent niece. And she happens to be black. And I'm just going to try to get through this. But, you know, when she was born, my sister adopted her. And we didn't know anything about Ava prior to her being adopted. We knew my sister was going to adopt, you know, but when she was born, she was born in Las Vegas, and they called my sister, and they said, we have a beautiful baby, and if you want to adopt her, you know, you need to fly out. And so my sister and my mother flew out, you know, to pick Ava up and bring her back. And our three kids were very young. You know, Will was seven, I want to say. Olivia was five, and Charlotte was two. And so we sat them down, and we they knew Antoinette was going to adopt a baby. They were very excited because they were getting a cousin. And so we told them, you know, the baby's been born. She's healthy. Antoinette and Nana are flying out to pick her up. But we did want to let you guys know she's a different color than our family. And I will never forget Olivia, like grasp her little hands together. And she was like, I'm so excited. I'm so glad we're getting a new color. Because white is boring. And I thought to myself, when all this started happening, whether whatever side you stand on, you know, welcome new colors into your life, you know, and for a child to say, white is boring, we're getting a new color in our family. You know, everyone says right now, don't, you know, we shouldn't see color. I actually think we should see color and we should embrace it. And we should embrace people who are different and who don't look like us and don't come from the same backgrounds. And I just, you know, 
you can get political about it, but live like children who have innocent hearts and want everyone to get along and don't see, don't come to everything with biases and baggage and who told you something or who pulled out in front of you and what color their skin was. Just live in love, you know? And I, I, I didn't want to get political and I certainly didn't want to get emotional about it, but I know that my niece will face things. And she probably already has, quite frankly. And I just encourage you to look outside of yourself and, and dig deep to be a human right now. Whatever that means. I think we're all so highly triggered and so quick to just jump on people. And, you know, it, it, it's just, it's a, it's a time to just love people, you know. I always say to my kids, I say, do you know what the most used word in the Bible is? It's not sin. It's not repent. It's love. So just love. Live in love. And I think we'll all be a lot better off. That's it. Well said. Well said. I am um, outraged and I am embarrassed by the way that Americans are reacting to the story. Yeah. You mentioned that we have family and, and, and very, very dear friends that are in law enforcement. Nobody hates bad cops more than good cops. Right. But I don't know that setting fires, causing injury to others, and downright riots, the, the, the you know, yep. whether you're seeing them on the news or you're seeing video clips on social media, most of or not even most the 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 most severe clips that I have seen from the rioting have come from TikTok, and they have been first person accounts of people that are documenting the looting in the Target or the burning of the Minneapolis Police Department, right? Or um, harm being caused to other police officers and the threats, and you know we had the uh, in, in Georgia. It started with the story out of Brunswick, Georgia. Yeah. Then you had the woman in Central Park. Right. And then two days after that, you had the murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis. So there have been three very, very heavy stories. In a short period. In, in a matter of, of three weeks. And there's a million of them all the, the, the time. The final two, yeah. by the way, uh, within three, four days of one another. Right. There are better ways to get your point across. Yeah. Yeah. On the way in today. You want to talk about your hype song? Oh, so my hype song today was um, along this theme. It was John Lennon, Imagine. You know, very simple song, but I think that the message carries over in different times. And I think that it, it's so appropriate right now. Just imagine a world where just people live as one, you know, just live as one seems so simplistic, but um, I think it all starts with each individual. So that was mine. What about yours? I'm going to hand off my selection for this episode to Shelby, who you heard intro the podcast. Today. Oh yes. I was, I reached out to Shelby. We were talking on the phone couple of days ago um, and we had invited her to to enter the podcast and I was just getting some background on her so that we can do the who intro the show segment at the end of the podcast and, mm -hmm. and I said to Shelby I said hey if you could add any song to the Spotify hype song playlist what would it be and she said to me it would be Eric Church Springsteen and she said because and I said why that particular song Shelby and she said it makes me feel good and that's mm -hmm. what music's all about especially now the escape that you are able to create and to enjoy with all the crap going on in the world right now, music can be that avenue for you. And, and you know what? Music is a very viable, the arts are a very viable outlet for 
the anger and the frustration and the sadness that you're feeling, you know, songs like songs are written by people who sometimes you hear artists say, I didn't know what else to do, you know, so I just wrote a song about it. So I think that music is such a solace right now for people who are going through really tough times. So that's a great one. Thank you, Shelby. Well, at Air Church Springsteen and John Lennon, imagine to the Core 57 Milton at Alpharetta City Center. Spotify Heights on Playlist. Now, four hours and 55 minutes. That's Nearly a road five trip. five hours of music. Now we're like a road trip playlist. You could get to 30A. Yeah. Just listening to the Hypes on Playlist on Spotify. Yeah. It covers all different. Uh, uh, I was in the car with our 14-year-old daughter, Charlotte. And we were going to Pinecrest to to do the final trip and clean out the locker and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yes. Past few days. And I was listening to the, the, the playlist on Spotify. And she was just looking at me while these songs would come up, and she would lean out of her seat to hit next. And I'd be like, no, 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 no. That's R.E.M. It's the end of the world as we know it. (laughs) Who, Daddy? I said, you've never heard of R.E.M. And for just a moment, I forgot that she's 14 years old. Yeah. I said, they're from Athens. They they played at UGA and, and... I guess I was I was I was wrong to assume that a fourteen year old would know REM, but it went from like REM to Tutti Fruity. Yeah, <laughs> Little Richard, and again she's like, "Dad, what is this?" This is crazy. And then Lizzo came on with "Good as Hell," and she yeah. was she's all back about in it. it. But, uh, Can we talk for a minute? You just said you because you did you drove Charlotte over to she was supposed to like uh, get like her uh, her her whole folder of writing prompts or whatever since like fourth grade, which I was kind of excited to see, but and some artwork and you know couple of certificates and stuff but the one good thing that may come out of uh the pandemic is you know how when your kids are in school and normally they come home with that box of just i call it like crapitola at the end of the year yes like it's a rogue uh like glue stick and like some tissues and then stuff they've made and then you know we all love our kids listen but you, they want you to sit down and go through everything that they've like written. I mean, it could be like a worksheet where they were learning to add like four plus four, but you got to go through every single thing. Yeah. And so this year, there wasn't as much stuff, you know, because they missed that whole half, back half of the year. So it's kind of sad in a way, but it's also kind of like a good thing for, for moms and stuff. Because whenever they would bring that stuff home, you just like you had to leave it on the counter for a certain amount of time so they could see it. And then one day it just magically disappeared. Like area, what's that? UFO area? 51. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I think in the bottom. 52, something. Yeah. It was, you know, Charlotte has been at, at her school that she's leaving for five years, five great years. Yeah. Since fourth grade. And she's going to high school this coming year. We're joining another um, school. And you may recall a mm-hmm. episode of the podcast. Luckily, was, right now that, we're still in. Yeah. That was titled... Um, <laughs> I'm I'm glad you were my first. I think it was the title of the episode. But the story is in there about our first uh, interview with the school. And it was the the headmaster and the principal and the chief counselor. And I was admissions director. I was asked about my journey with Christ. Yes. And you had this elaborate, beautiful, beautiful prepared statement almost. And it was just wonderful. And then they're like, Mr. Choate. And I said, listen, shit, I'm a sinner. Okay. We made it through that episode, and I, I'm hoping it's been buried somewhere, and we paid our first payment. So I, I, we're I get dredging more, it up again. I get more questions about that episode probably than any other. Where can I hear the story about the interview at Charlotte's New School? So, as as someone, it was very, it was somber for me because I understand that not many dads are able to do carpool. Yeah, they're just not. Yeah, uh, because of my hours, my crazy hours during my career, and even now, I'm I'm able. I've always been able to do afternoon carpool, and yeah. I've always loved to do that. the The best conversations that you will have with your kids are when you are in your truck, or you're in your SUV, or in your car, and it's the two of you, and you just talk about everything. Everything. I one hundred and fifty percent agree. People have said before, like. Where do you think that, you know, what's the best place to have conversations with your kids? And you're absolutely right. It, first of all, because they can't get out of the car. But it, it's just something about when you're riding in the car, they they tend to like open up and talk. I've always said hashtag dads in the pool are cool. Yes. But it's, uh, we'll continue to do the same thing as she goes through high school. But that was our final trip, round trip to coming and back. 
I know what I was thinking about what you make that, that day. We've made that trip for five years. I know. Just like you have in the morning. Yeah. You know, and yep. then I've, I've done it in the afternoon. So looking forward to uh, new things, brand new school and new things with uh, our beautiful little Princess Charlotte. So this is what we've been looking for. How many times during the pandemic have you said to yourself, I need to hear a dance remix of Barbara Mandrell sleeping single in a double bed? Never. I haven't show said that hands. Haven't show said. hands. How many? I mean, the, 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 I bet you've lost count how many times you said that. It was Barbara Mandrell's first hit from 1978, two time CMA Entertainer of the Year. And Barbara thought that it would be a great idea to uh, do a, a dance remix of the song. So it was remixed by a guy named uh, Dave Aude, A-U-D-E, who has done work for Rihanna, for Madonna, for Beyonce. And uh, Where did this come from? I, I, like, did she want this? Or how old is she, first of all? She is, well, she retired back in 97. She, she retired in 97? Yeah. What does that mean? Because now she's got a remix, so. Well, she's back. Oh, okay. She, Barbara Mandrell's, put that on a damn t-shirt. Barbara Mandrell is hashtag back. Mm. You heard the song. It's, it's, it's not bad. Okay. <laughs> so what we're going to do in the letter this Saturday is compare and contrast. I will put the original from 1978 from Barbara Mandrell, the YouTube video, in the letter. And then right below it, we'll put the 2020 Sleeping Single in a Double Bed dance remix below it. I just think it's interesting timing because, like, no clubs are open. So where's she going to get, like, the spins? <laughs> You think she'd get them if, if the clubs were open? Maybe. I mean, because, you know, honestly, like sometimes it's for some some clubs and stuff, like Cher has such a cult following, you know, Gaga. So I could see like almost like kitschy, like, okay, Barbara Mandrell's done this dance remix, but like mm-hmm. there's no clubs open right now. So where's where's little Barbara going to get her spins? She has uh, just jumped into the social media world. She started her Instagram account as well. Okay. Barbara Mandrell. Why, why didn't she just like bit? go and plant some flowers and what's happening? I here? think she's been doing that since she retired in 97 and she's tired of it. Okay. <laughs> she's ready to be back in the spotlight. She got some new albums that they're re-releasing and stuff like that too. All right. Okay. Um, if you want to travel mm-hmm. and you want to travel internationally, the island of Cyprus, which is in the Mediterranean, has an offer for you. Any tourist who tests positive for COVID-19 during their stay will have food, drinks, medicine, and lodging completely covered. Okay. And then once you get better and you're able to fly back to the United States or to, here to, to uh, Atlanta, all you have to do is spring for your flight home. I could see you. T- I, I got to be honest. This seems like something that's I'll right up dice. your alley. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm, I am there. Yeah. If you catch it, you, if you... you so you, te- but you have to test yourself prior to you going. Do I mean there are some some, you know, footnotes to the, yeah, some small print. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you have it, yeah, you know, whatever. I just thought that it was. So if you, but you don't have. So you can't have it before you go. This is strictly if you pick it up on their island. Right. You can't. You can't test negative. You have to test negative in your home country before you leave. Yeah. Are you in? Uh, I'm in. I think it's a great idea. I think it's a fantastic idea. Tourism is uh, is is taking a huge hit. I wonder what kind of medicine though they have up there. Like, what are they going to treat you with? You know, some rum punch and please. Yes, that's my that's my medication <laughs> and other things you can find on the island from the locals. <laughs> Just lay in your bed, and in have the them treat you for free. Yes. All right. Wellstar Health System is helping you fight COVID nineteen with comprehensive. Health services, including urgent care, telemedicine, primary care, and the largest trauma and emergency network in the state. Wellstar.org forward slash COVID-19 is where you will find updates, tools, and resources to help you stay safe and healthy. Uh, you have questions? I just, the irony again just hit me here. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you have questions about the best ways to stay healthy, and you also want the latest information about COVID-19, and you want it all from the safety of your home. Wellstar.org forward slash COVID-19. Wellstar more than healthcare. People care. The official meal kit for families, Dinner Affair. Dinneraffair.com, A-F-A-R-E.com. Sides are back. Side dishes are back on the June menu at Dinner Affair. They had to set them aside during the pandemic just because they were, you know, producing so many dinner meals and, you know, meal packages uh, for families. So they are back now and on the menu. They've also added family size oven ready dinners. Uh, The initial launch will be four or five options that you can add on to your Dinner Affair meal plan. 15 new 
dinner uh, affair dishes on the menu every single month. $30 off your first order when you use the promo code CADDY. That's C-A-D-D-Y at Dinner Affair. Dinner, A-F-A-R-E dot com. A Tale of Two Cheaters mm. is the conversation. I'm in. One from the world of sports and one from a Hollywood marriage. Lance Armstrong and comedian Kevin Hart. A Tale of Two Cheaters. And we'll start with Lance Armstrong. Well, you know, I was really into the um, Michael Jordan uh, documentary. And I had seen where they were going to do one on Lance Armstrong. And, I, you know, I've, I've since, like, looked over some of the stuff from the Michael Jordan one. And I've, I've learned, which I should have assumed with Michael Jordan, that he had an enormous amount of creative control on that documentary. And a lot of the players and the the people who were involved in situations that were going on in that documentary have come out and said, you know, not quite the way it happened. Um, that, you know, he sort of was, he was in control of that story and um, the entire documentary. So when the Lance Armstrong one was being promoted and it's part of ESPN's 30, 30 on 30 series, um, I thought to myself, this will be interesting because Lance Armstrong has always kind of had a wall up and he has been in deep denial in the beginning for a long time about, you know, his participation in the doping and and also his participation in just the demise of the sport. And so I thought it was going to be really interesting. And I was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to watch it because I find him interesting but I don't know that I'll stay with it. Well, I got to tell you, both of us watched it. It was freaking riveting. And he did kind of come clean on a lot of things. I think he's able to now because he settled with the USPS. And so I'm sure, you know, anytime, as we know, you're involved in a lawsuit, you have to be careful what you're talking about. But I think he felt some freedom to finally talk about it and come clean. And it's kind of a different Lance Armstrong. Now, the interesting part that my crazy media mind goes to and I know yours does too why is it a new Lance Armstrong what's he pitching what's he going to do what's his second act what's his comeback what's the end game to it or is it just time to clear the air or a paycheck yeah I don't know about that part you know the one thing he said that I thought was very interesting is he was slightly shocked at how people reacted to him being ousted out of the sport and doping that he did not make the connection with people's incredible affinity with cycling and his role in it. And if you think about it, like the tour de France and everything that you used to watch on TV, whether you were an avid cyclist or not, I mean, it was definitely a sport that you would see on TV and you would be involved in. I mean, the world of cycling has just completely almost collapsed, you know, on that type of professional level. And it was kind of interesting to to see that in a way he didn't feel like he was responsible for that part of it. You know, he just sort of was responsible for his own little piece of it and his actions. But I mean, he really brought the entire sport down in a way. And it wasn't just him. I mean, from watching this, every team was doping again. You know, it just depends on where you stand in life. Like everyone was doing it. Are you one of those or are you self accountable? But I think well, it's the, fascinating. There were many conversations in just episode one about how his, his teammate said, I would have probably never started doping, but I knew that if I didn't, I was never going to win. Right. Because I was up against all of these cyclists and these teams who who were doing it daily. Right. Yeah. And, and, and according to them, it was almost kind of like an open secret, which sounds crazy. But I mean... It was very well known. And a lot of the younger cyclists said they basically would say to them, you know, you have a choice, but you're not really going to be able to be on the team because and he it was kind of like mafiaesque, mafiaesque, if that's the right word. Like he was the big guy and everybody danced around Lance and his feelings and nobody wanted to piss him off. Nobody wanted to question him. And they all kind of said they were there just to serve him. In a way, you know, when they went to Italy to train, he stayed in the big house away from everyone else and that they kind of all knew that they were just supposed to ride in support of Lance. So it was really fascinating. And, and we're just like you said, we're just one episode in. Um, I love the um, the personal stuff. You know, 
just how, and I mean, you forget when I was watching it that he had testicular cancer, came back from that. Um, well, and that's why the cycling world and the cycling media really tossed a red flag when Lance Armstrong came back from having stage five, five testicular cancer and was able then to get on a bike and win the Tour de France or Tour de France. Yeah. By seven minutes or some, some I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, well, and he says that they that the cycling world kind of turned a blind eye because they in, kn- in the beginning because yeah. they knew that he had they brought, needed that story that he had he had brought so much to that sport. Yeah, and then they kind of turned on him. But again, even if you're not a big for, sports fan, these documentaries are fascinating just to see kind of what goes on behind the scenes. The uh, show airs on ESPN. They're they're just like the Michael Jordan thing. They're dumping them on Sunday nights which is a great idea, I think. Do you think he's being honest? I think he's being edited. Really? Yeah. I think Wait, he, edi- is he editing himself yes. or is the production no, company editing No, him? I think that that was part of the thing that they said to them. The woman who's filming the documentary, I think they did say to him, like, we're going to ask you anything. But again, how someone answers is up to them. I think he is telling the majority of the truth. You know, I, I do think he... He has a Lance size ego still. And I think that, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, again, we're only one episode in. You know, it'll be interesting about his marriage and some of the things that happened. But, um, you know, I don't know. Does anyone ever 100% tell the truth? I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a larger question. Are you surprised that, that he was able to talk about the federal lawsuit? And it was a federal lawsuit because his sponsor was the USPS, which is a government agency. Right. Are you surprised he was able to talk about the settlement after the fact? Because he does quite a bit in like the first 15 minutes of, Absolutely. of the episode. Yeah. Why I mean, though? Because normally be when there's NDA a settlement, or, there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's an agreement that no one is ever to speak of this again. And there are even agreements that go so far to say, if this is spoken of and the other party finds out, then they'll come back and take your money. Yeah. I mean, I think in this case that the USPS wanted People, uh, wanted America to know that while they didn't get what they were asking for, which was what? 500? 100, no, $100 million. 100 million. 100 million. It was... 5%. 5%. Like you know, he settled I, for $5 million. I think they wanted... I think there was a great onus because it was kind of an odd situation that the federal government, in a weird roundabout way, was a sponsor of a sport. You know what I mean? It wasn't vitamin water. It wasn't... So I think that for the American people who were like, okay, that's kind of our money going in to support this team that's doping and cheating. I think that in this case, they probably wanted it to get out that he had made some form of restitution. I don't know that by any means. But I mean, I think it's a different situation than like a private company. You know, if it had been Nike, who knows? I mean, you know, there could have been some side deal where they didn't have him pay as much, but he had to do some of their charity, but you know, who knows, but this is a federal government, you know? All right. Let's shift focus during the tale of two cheaters segment to <laughs> uh, comedian, Kevin Hart. I've always been a fan of comedian, Kevin. Hart. I'm, I'm a big fan of, of comedians and stand up, And I got that growing up from my dad. Uh, I remember uh, when I was a young, young kid that um, my dad would stay up and watch the Benny Hill show. Oh yeah. And I could hear it from my room, the theme music. Yeah. Which now, by the way, is on TikTok. People use it for uh, challenges and memes and things on TikTok. But I could hear it from my bedroom. He probably watched a lot of Richard Pryor, too. Absolutely, he did. Yeah. Um, But Dad one night said, you can come out and watch Benny Hill. Oh, boy. And I think every – you're going to get on me because I'm going to have to use the booby word here. But every now and then – I'm sorry. I mean, I didn't – this is not on the (laughs) ROS. I didn't plan on sharing the story, but it has to do with the booby. I'm sorry. Uh, Every now and then, Benny Hill, they'd show a booby. Yeah, you know, well, and, it was British humor. Yeah, right. It was. It was. Yeah. But every now and then, you'd, you'd see you. They weren't the best boobies. D- the Donna, when you're eight years old, nine years old, ten years old, it doesn't matter. Any boobie's a good boobie. Any boobie is a good boobie. Yeah. So Kevin Hart cheated on his second wife. I think so. Uh, her name is Aniko, and he. Why this is in the news cycle now is because for the first time in two years, he's spoken about. The, the incident, the affair that he yeah. had on his podcast. Yeah. And uh, was it his podcast? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Okay. Anyway, he was on a podcast. He was on a podcast. So 
when this story broke, when his wife found out about it, because someone sent her a direct message on social media with a video of him with another woman. That's a great way to find out. That ran about seven to nine seconds, but she knew that it was her husband, Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. And it was later determined that it was actually a friend of his. Yeah. Who who sent the video to her. Uh, one of his, his what did they call him? The, uh, the Red Solo Cup boys, boys. or something mm-hmm. like that. Like all of his friends that he grew up with. He'd known this guy for 15 years, and he's the one that took the video, set a camera in a, a room in Vegas, and left. Kind of set him up. Came back after. We knew exactly what he was doing. And then was was arrested for extortion. Yeah. But they were good friends for 15 years. At the time that all this came down, Kevin Hart was actually filming a Netflix documentary series. Okay. Um, You get to see in real time. Yeah, when she found out. A celebrity who is made a huge mistake. Yeah, and then, then it switches into crisis mode with the PR team. and. But you get to see this. I cannot think of another documentary that I've seen, and that's my – I'm a big documentary fan. I watch all kinds of documentaries. I've never seen something like this where you got to live a tragedy. In real time. In real time. Yeah. With a celebrity. Because just like the Lance Armstrong series uh, story, they often control their own narratives. Yeah. Kevin Hart has the, had, had the power, I'm sure, to say – Stop filming. You're not doing this. We're not airing any of this. This is my life. This is my wife. This is my family. But he chose to include it in the documentary series for Netflix. So they're filming. the, the In the beginning, they're filming his world tour. Right. That's what it's all about is his buddies that travel with him, his friends, and he's on a world tour. It's international. And they're he's at in the Paris top of the world. Absolutely he is. Yeah. And then one phone call. He's traveling in a Ferrari from Atlanta to Asheville, North Carolina. For some reason, maybe he had a show in Asheville. I can't imagine Kevin Hart playing Asheville, North Carolina. But um, he was traveling with one of his his best friends, one of the plastic cup guys. And they'd said, normally, we never drive anymore. But we used to have to always drive. We fly private now. But we decided, you know, for Atlanta to Asheville, it's a beautiful drive. We're going to drive. They're like on 985 Mm. outside of Gainesville or somewhere. And the cameras catch in real time. Aniko, his wife, making the initial call to him. Oh, boy. Saying, you. Effed up. I mean, she, as she should have, was was very upset. She's yeah. seven months pregnant at the time, Donna. Yeah. Well, and so what came out of it on the podcast, what he said was um, that his wife, and this is his quote, his wife came to an amazing conclusion of, I like the fact that we have a family, that we have a household, and I like the fact that we now got a job to do to go get better. And and Kevin said that his wife told him, that's what you owe me. You owe me to get better. And I think it's interesting. And you and I've talked about this because, you know, when something like that happens so publicly, the, the world is almost on her side to leave. You're pregnant. You're seven, eight months pregnant. Your husband's cheated on you. It's very public. You know, you're not going to get any flack for walking out the door. Not that that even matters. But I mean, it does matter to some people. Um. But she kind of chose to stay and go the other way. And I think it's a very interesting dialogue because, you know, she probably has and will continue now with him talking about it to take some heat for staying, you know. And I think until uh, you've walked in someone's shoes, you you don't know what you would do. You know, um, it's easy sometimes to grab your toaster and, you know, get your car keys and head out the door. And I just think sometimes when you have a family involved that as old school as this is going to sound, that there's something kind of good about saying, you know what, I'm going to stay in. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to give it a shot and I'm going to fight for it. And to say to the person, and it could be a, a husband or a wife, it's not always husbands, that, you know, you owe me the get better. You know, you've got to figure it out. Because as we've talked about in many pods, you know, with, with Will and in your situation getting divorced, the one thing that you have to know when you when you get divorced and when you grab your toaster and you run out the door, it ain't over. You know, whatever problems you had are going to be amplified. Yeah. And sometimes until you get right with yourself, you may go out and get remarried to two, three more women or men and, and the same baggage is coming along with you. And, and a lot of times in a divorce situation, when you divorce that person and say you get remarried really quickly, the new marriage you may not even be happy in, but you are so dead set to prove the person that you were married to before that you got it right this time 
you're going to stay. stay. Yeah. No matter what. Because it actually doesn't come down to you having a successful marriage. It comes down to you proving the other person that you left, that it wasn't you. They were the problem, you know. So I do think out of this, it was interesting. I thought my first reaction when I read it would be like, what a dumb, you know what? Like, why would she stay, you know? But I think that there's something um, very cool about the fact, that's probably not the right word, but I mean, you know, good about the fact that she's choosing to stay. Is it for money and fame? You, you know, I think she, she, I don't know that she's not very famous. And I mean, she'd have money. Listen, if she walked away in this situation, she'd get plenty. She'd probably get more money, honestly, if she left him, you know, under these circumstances. But I think, you know, she doesn't want to split up her family. And, and you know what? She, you know, maybe, maybe she wants to work it out. I don't know. I went back and watched, but before we came to the studio today, I went back and watched the, the documentary um, series on Netflix where, this is shown raw um, is, is called don't F this up. Yeah. And I went back and watched the 20 minute period where they get a Nico on camera, his wife on camera for the first time after she learns about what happened in Vegas. Um, and she says three strikes. You're out there before this, there was another problem. It mm. wasn't this big, but yeah. something happened. This, this was his second strike. Oh, in this marriage with her. And she says, three strikes and you're out. Do you get three strikes? I don't know. See, that kind of puts a different turn on it, too. Well, and there are a couple th- things that I that, that I thought that I'm going to bring up here that I thought really uh, were interesting in, in what she said and how she said it. Well, I mean, the other thing is, do you want to live with someone waiting for the third? Like, what is the third strike? You point, know, like, yeah. do you want to live with that hanging over your head? And does someone bring it up all the time? Like, every time you walk out the door, like. Is that is he going to go strike don't, out? Yeah, don't do anything wrong because remember you only have one more, one more out. So I don't know. The other thing that struck me, she gets very emotional when she's talking about it, and she says, "I get upset every time I talk about it." And then she apologizes and says, "I'm sorry mm. for getting upset." You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Why do you have to apologize? That's what women do. We apologize for everything when we shouldn't be. Why do you do that, though? Because we're taught that from an early age to be people pleasers and to be to not rock the boat and to, to make everyone else around us happy. You know, you, you know, one of my favorite things when you get on a flight is and I've, I've carried this throughout my whole life um, as a parent and as a person. When you get on a flight and they say and you're traveling with kids. They say, um, make sure you put your mask on yourself first. You know, as parents and especially moms, and again, no dad shaming here, but just as moms, if you sit down on a flight, the first thing that you do is get your kids all settled, make sure they've got their seatbelts on. But the flight attendants always say, put the mask on yourself first. And I think in society, women more than men don't do that. We don't practice self-care. We don't. We're too busy being cheerleaders for everyone else around us, you know. And the one thing they say a lot is like um, that that's why women have so many like health problems, silent health problems, heart attacks. And, and, and they present themselves so differently is because we're constantly making sure our kids have on sunscreen, our husbands have on sunscreen. And then you come back from the beach like completely burned up, you know, because no one turned around and said, hey, are you putting sunscreen on yourself? You know, and it's not about being a martyr. It's just the way I think women are in society. We, we're caring, we're loving, but at the same time, you sometimes forget about yourself. I mean, she shouldn't be apologizing for the fact that her husband cheated on her, you know, but there's the societal thing. Did I do something wrong? Was there something I didn't do? Is there a reason why he did that? Was I not enough? Did I, you know, it's just crazy. This is a heavy podcast. What the heck? But it's balance. I think that that's okay. I think that, that we can talk about boobies every now and then and yeah. also then talk about And you know what? And we've been married a really long time. And I think the thing that you and I have learned, and, and I've said this before, when when we first got married, you know, I came from a family who my parents were together forever. I'm not saying it was like la-la land, but they didn't get divorced. You came from a divorced uh, family. And so when we first got together, when we would argue I think there was a portion of you that would look around the house and be like, let's see, I'm going to take the microwave and I'm going to take that set of knives. And my piano. And my piano. We were, you weren't going to get the piano. But the point of this oh, is. Oh, we're not going to get the piano. Because I gave it to you. It's it, a gift. It's, it's my worth piano. a lot of money. 
Right, but it's my piano. Well, anyway. The piano's on my list. Okay, but the point of this is, it took a while before you learned as an, and I think, it, you know how people say, I was today years old. That's what happened to you when you learned that you can be in a relationship and argue and stay together. Because for you in growing up, and even in your first marriage, the smallest kernel of an argument would lead to the worst situation, you know, and I think it took a while before you realized it's okay to argue, you know, because when you were a little boy, and your parents would yell and scream and argue, it led to divorce. And so in your mind, you thought every time someone argues, it goes to the worst place, you know, and I used to say that to you, it's okay to argue. And we'll be fine once we work it out in the next day and it goes on. And I think, you know, if I could give any piece of advice for people who are young, people who are married, it's also okay not to yell and scream in front of your kids. That's not what I'm saying. You don't want to make them feel unsafe. But it is okay for your kids to see that you have different opinions. It is not healthy for your kids to always see sweeping things under the rug, you know. Well, I don't know. Whatever mom thinks, that's what I think. You know, I do whatever your mom thinks. You know, I do whatever your dad thinks. They need to see you as adults discussing things, working things out, disagreeing. And then you know what? They need to get out of their beds the next day and say, oh, my gosh, my parents are still here. They still like each other, you know, because otherwise your kids grow up not understanding how to deal with conflict, you know, or the, the flee method of like you fight and you flee, you take your stuff and go. So you always have to remember, too, that while you're working your own life out, you're modeling. You know, and we haven't always done the best of that. It's not like we're perfect at any of this. But those are the things that as an old person, I have learned along the way. What about you? Well, I don't I can't top that. No. I mean, you should have your own podcast. Well, well seriously. Anyway, <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. But the point of it is it's OK to argue. So I don't know what's going to happen with the two of them, but. I wish them all the best. And I think it's an evolving story, I'll say. That's the other thing. I think just because you stay, you're going to stay. Just because she says she's going to stay with him, don't be surprised. You know, if a year from now they're divorcing, don't say, well, they were going to stay together. They may have tried it, and it didn't take, you know. Three strikes, you're out. Yeah. Are you injured by someone else's irresponsible behavior? Don't worry. Our car accident lawyers, expert car accident lawyers, and medical doctors are ready to help you. Call 1-800-HURT-911 from wherever you are. You can call 1-800-HURT-911 any time of the night or day for a free consultation. 1-800-HURT-911 manages all sorts of car accident cases. Injured in an accident? Call 1-800-HURT-911 to speak to an attorney immediately. Zero out-of-pocket cost to be seen by a HURT-911 doctor. No charge to you unless they win your case. 1-800-HURT-911. That's the number. 1-800-HURT-911. The showroom at Gallery Furniture on Brownsbridge Road in Gainesville has reopened. You can continue to shop online at askforthewolfman.com. There you're going to find uh, specials and financing information. Something for all your home needs. Uh, talking to Donna, uh, Gallery Furniture, the other day and, and during the pandemic when they were shut down the showroom. They uh, redid the entire place. Whether you're looking for a dining room table, king-size bed for your master bedroom, or a sofa for your living room, Gallery Furniture Gainesville has you covered with many brands and styles, and they do offer you financing. Gallery Furniture. Ask for the Wolfman.com or now visit the reopened showroom. Browns Pedro Gainesville Gallery Furniture. Let's go through some pop peeps for this episode. Yes. Lindsay teaches Fulton County Virtual School. They have a little girl who's 15 months old, uh, they being she and her husband, John, who is an attorney. And she reached out to me this week with a direct message on Instagram. And she wrote, finally listened to one of your podcasts. Loved it. Great hearing your voice in my car as I drove today. I used to commute from Flowery Branch to Alpharetta. Now, that's a drive. That's a drive. And listen to you every morning. Now, I work from home, even before COVID, and thought, today, I need to give your podcasts a try. Loved it. Going to continue to listen. That's so nice. To get that out of the blue, that that kind of message yeah. is fantastic. And uh, Lindsay, thank you for, you know, I, I bet Lindsay was aware of the podcast and just for whatever reason. Never hit never download or subscribe. Never, or, never yeah. listened. And, yeah, and, and, and we hear that from people all the time. I Someone said to me the other day that they, um, she's in Florida. She's been in Florida for like two months. And she said, is it a problem? Am I missing anything that I'm listening out of order? And I said, no, because we have no <laughs> We have no great order in our podcast, but um, no, and it's never too late. And again, 
I feel like just like we we're just saying, sorry, you you never have to apologize to either one of us for how you listen, when you listen, or where you listen. Just listen. Many begin their podcast journey with the most recent episode. That's fantastic. And um, if, if like Lindsay, that's you, we say hello and welcome and thank you for your support. And when you have time, remember that you can go back all the way to episode one from January 7th and listen anytime you'd like. Podcasts never go away. And unlike radio, you can listen uh, whenever you want. Listen on your time. So thank you, Lindsay, and welcome to the My Second Act family. Um, Melanie Johnson reached out via email. She subscribed to the letter, which hits your inbox every Saturday morning around 9 o'clock. And when you reply to the letter, the email pops. It, it hits my phone immediately. It, it hits my, my work email. Melanie wrote, hey, Caddy and Donna, uh, loving the podcast. Cool fun fact. Caddy, did you know that I learned what ROS <laughs> means from you? And just a quick aside here, ROS stands for run a show. And it's something that we used to do in radio when preparing the morning show. And you've always had your little um, your little things, and I love them. Run a show. Plinko. Run a show, ROS. Mm-hmm. And uh, Plinko Statements is another. And uh, Tickle the Cume Kitty, all oh, radio gosh. terms. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> all radio terms that I created. What is that? Tickle the Cume Kitty. Tickle the Cume Kitty is when Cume is how many people are listening at a particular time. C-U-M-E, Cume, to the uh-huh. radio. Um, so I knew at 7.20 when we did Can't Be Caddy every morning, which was the high point of every morning show that we did. Right. Everybody was there at 7.20. We didn't start until 7.22, which was always a trick. You want to get, you know, I wanted to make sure that you were there early. Tickle the cum kitty means this. While I know the cum is there, meaning 7.20, the most it's listened spiked to. as high as it can get, yeah. Tickle the cum kitty and tease something that's coming up in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, so hopefully they don't go anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. You want to hang on to them. So I, I used to call it Tickle the Cum Kitty. And radio stations sell on Cum. That's the, you know, some people sell on ratings, but those that's the raw numbers of who's listening. So ROS run a show. Uh, Melanie says, I learned what that was from you. I used the term one day during an office meeting, and I think I impressed them. Oh, my gosh. They looked at me like, ha, ha, ha. And there's some emojis here. We don't have yellow ink right now in our printer, so I can't tell what emojis those are. But yeah. Hashtag the best ever. Uh, Melanie ends with, I started making some ear savers for face masks that I'd love to donate. I wanted to see if you and Donna needed any. Uh, and if you know anyone else who may need some, please let me know. Uh, thank you for making me laugh. You have truly been the highlight of my life here recently. Sending much love. What a statement. So that, means, that means a lot, Melanie. And I reached back out to Melanie and uh, talked to some of our uh, partners and friends at Wellstar Health System. And uh, we're going to put those uh, ear savers to work. Yeah. And I think the other thing is if someone needs one, I don't know how many she has. So, you know, we have to be careful. But I mean, like reach out to us. Um, text you and maybe we can get some out to you who intro the show there are supporters that are another radio term here p1s super supporters p1s means you are dedicated to one particular radio station and it is not often that you leave that radio station p1 stands for preset one on your car radio what is your P1? What is the station that is listed number one? Your go-to. Your go-to. Yeah. You always hit number one. What station is that? Yeah. So if it's Kicks 101.5, you are a P1 of Cadillac Jack in Kicks 101.5. Right. If you listen to B98.5, and that was your go-to station in the car, then that would be your P1, your preset one, P1. Yeah, when you turn your car on, that's what it's on. The most dedicated listeners that you can have. Yeah. Um, Shelby is a P1++++++. Oh, and we're blessed to have dozens of P1 yes. plus 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 pluses. Um, Shelby intro the show today. She lives in Bogart right outside of Athens. Uh, she's a proud UGA graduate. Go dogs. Damn good dog. Uh, she and uh, her husband, Warren, have a son, John, who is 24 and a graduate of UNG, the University of North Georgia. So I reached out to Shelby because she's so active with us on social media. And as always, uh, she's a day of release listener. That means a lot to us. We don't get extra credit for that, I don't no. think. But but that just means a lot to us that, that Shelby's always there with us on Tuesdays and Thursdays when new episodes are released. So I'm walking her through the process of how to intro the show, which is very simple. You just use your voice recorder app on the phone. But I've learned, let's have a conversation on the phone as opposed to texting back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. So uh, we talked one night here recently in the evening, and I said, what's your story? I've never, you've, I've never really heard your story. And she said... I started listening to you in 2009 wow. and she was a uh, op- op- optician, right? Eye doctor mm-hmm. at Walmart in commerce in the vision center. And she said, I was really pissed when Tug got fired mm. and then uh, Dallas was moved out. And then Allie Mack came in and Shelby said to me, 
I always knew that if something happened to you, I was gone. Oh, and yeah. she said to me on the phone, uh, haven't listened since uh, since you were fired back in July. She's now an optician at the Walmart in Madison. Huge Billy Currington fan, a Georgia artist. And uh, you heard me uh, give her my slot on the Hype Song playlist this week for Eric Church Springsteen because I didn't ask her. I said, you know, what song? Uh, if you could add any song to the Spotify Hype Song playlist, what would it be? And she said, Eric Church Springsteen. So that's why that is being added today. All because of uh, Shelby Breen. And Bogart, Georgia, who intro the show today. Love that. And I think that, you know, along the way, we have met so many people who listen to you on the radio who um, we have been able to interact so much more with through this podcasting. And and someone said to me the other day, I feel like you're my friends. Well, you are our friends. I mean, it's not a it's not like a, a term that we toss around. That's the great thing about what we're doing now is we are able to interact with you um, through social media, through texting, through the letter. And um it just can never be said how much we appreciate all the support of the people out there who, who like Shelby are just like day one listeners. Thank you. And when you leave a text or voicemail at our number, and I'll give it to you twice here in just a second. It's also all over my social media channels on Twitter and Instagram at ATL Cadillac and the Cadillac Jack fan page on Facebook. Um, it comes straight to my phone, whether it's a text or voicemail. So we're able to commu- uh, communicate immediately. It literally comes to my Apple iPhone. Yeah, that's great. With an app. All right. Number 770-464-6024. 770-464-6024. And include your name and where you live, if you if, if you yep. don't mind, so that we can uh, talk about talk good about you. Yeah. On the podcast, like Shelly from Bogart. And if you want to do an intro, yep. please reach out to us. We, 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 we would two love, episodes a week. Yeah, we would love for you to do our intro. We have a small ask of you. If you're able, three uh, quick things. Number one, hit, uh, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews to the podcast. And number three, show our sponsors some love. And our sponsors include DinnerAffair.com. Tracy Cousineau and Real Estate Expert Advisors. 1-800-HURT-911. Gallery Furniture in beautiful Gainesville. And Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. New episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. 